Good day, dear listener. Welcome to This Podcast Isn't Working. I'm the host here, Heidi. Hello. Nice to meet you if you're new. Uh, I'm an Aussie mum in my 30s, talking all about mental health, creativity and parenthood. And each week I hop on here and just give you some real and raw thoughts uh, from my mind or whatever's on my heart that week. Uh, Yeah, because I love to share and connect. And today is no different. So today I wanted to talk about something a little uh, vulnerable, but I thought it'd be worth sharing. And that is a really important moment I experienced when I was in therapy. Uh, Some people would call it an aha moment. Uh, So yeah, if that sounds interesting to you, then keep on listening. So my aha moment. Now, therapy is very private. I definitely think that uh, the majority of what I talk about in therapy, it's important that I keep it there. Um, You know, it's just a lot of messy kind of processing things, sifting through things and sorting things out Uh, and really just spitballing for me personally. I'm one of those people that likes to figure things out by talking them through I think uh, they call it external processing or something. I remember that being a term when I was younger, I heard, and I identified with that. I was like, oh, yes, that's it. I'm not very good at sorting things out in my own head. I do like to have a chat, hence this podcast. Um, But sometimes do you ever have that moment where when you're saying something out loud, that's when it makes sense to you and you say, oh, my goodness, okay, now I realize what that is or what I'm, how I feel about that or what really happened. Um, I had one of those moments, uh, but it was also a combination of my psychologist being um, very knowledgeable and helping me understand something that I didn't quite understand. Uh, And I wanted to share this story today purely to give you an insight, I suppose, into uh, a turning point that I experienced where I started to take more ownership of uh, who I was and my choices and um, my behaviors. Uh, And that is not to say taking responsibility in a bad way of blaming myself for something, but I think it was a really powerful moment uh, because I've had a lot more like this. And it's something that I have only experienced through therapy, um, but it's really invaluable. And I love these moments when they happen now, even though they can be quite confronting. So Uh, what happened was I very, very early on when I was seeing a psychologist, uh, we were doing some work, uh, in this field called schema therapy. And I found it really, really fascinating. Um, if you want to look into it yourself, you're very welcome to, uh, read. There's a great book called reinventing your life. It's very old. Uh, and lots of things have changed since that book was written. Um, but I personally found it really interesting to read, Um, And it gave some good, simple areas uh, where it highlighted, I guess they're roughly, you would say, they're stories in our lives that play out uh, that we kind of live our lives according to. So a story in your life might be that uh, you are very vulnerable and uh, at risk of being hurt. And that might be a story that's been part of your life for a long time. And you make decisions based on, on that particular schema, if you will, or that story in your life. Um, but 
uh, yeah. And so it kind of goes through lots of different schemas uh, or stories that we have built into our life through different experiences or different predispositions and some of the things that we can do to validate those things and work through them. And yeah, and sometimes even change those stories. Uh, Yeah. And one of the schemas that I remember talking about with my psychologist was uh, called subjugation. Um, And this was a very interesting schema or story. Um, And subjugation was largely about putting yourself last um, and putting your needs after other people's needs. So putting their needs before your own and uh, kind of, I guess, not belittling yourself, but putting yourself lower than other people, hence the term subjugation. Um, And it was something that had come up because what you do in this particular book is you do a little quiz to start with, and it gives you a bit of an idea of some of the schemas that might be active in your life, some of the stories, and then you can go and read more about them and answer some more questions to kind of get a feel for whether they're a big part of your life or maybe just something that you deal with every now and again. Um, so this subjugation schema, when I, especially when I was younger, was very, very strong and it was something that I really identified with. I was like, oh yeah, I know all about this, you know, taking care of other people, putting myself last. Um, really, uh, another huge issue for me was that I really felt like I had no opinions about anything. Uh, I didn't feel strongly about things to the point where I could make decisions for myself um, that were based on my needs. I, I really found it much easier to make choices based on other people's needs, whether they were real or perceived by me, you know, to be their needs. Um, and growing up, I'd always been called the peacemaker in my family. It was very much like a role that I fit into very naturally, um, which now in hindsight as an adult speaking to my family was probably very annoying to people because I was always trying to force, force people, I suppose, (laughs) to be happy and to be peaceful with each other and to not, um, yeah, to not be upset. I mean, heaven forbid anybody got upset. I didn't like that. So uh, we were talking about this and over the course of however many weeks we were looking into this because this was very new to me to hear about this whole story in my life and have a name for it. And yeah, I found it very fascinating, but certainly to begin with, it was just more validating. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah, you know, sucks to be me (laughs) always, um, you know, working for everybody else and very much putting myself down. And the thing that frustrated me was that I wasn't treated like that in return. So nobody really seemed to look out for me in this intense way that I was looking out for everybody else. So I was sort of forgotten, right? Um, And, you know, something that I talked about a lot with my psychologist was that it made me feel very upset and angry, I think, because I was frustrated that I was expending all this energy on everybody else but they weren't doing it in return. Now, that's not to say that nobody was being nice to me and taking care of me, but not to the crazy level that I was doing for everybody else. (laughs) Because naturally, uh, you know, I was an extreme case. It's not like everybody in the world is subjugating themselves massively like that and having that story at play. So of course, there was no one um, bending over backwards to um, care for me. Uh, and sadly the thing was, is that I wasn't really caring for myself. Right. So if nobody else did it for me to that level, then I was missing out. And that made me really upset. 
And when I first was talking about this to my psychologist, it was very negative. You know, it was very much, I felt like this was a story that was happening to me. And I would say up to this point in my life, I mean, I naturally am someone who has a lot of insight, I think, into myself. I think a lot about uh, what's really going on for me and try to be realistic about what's really happening um, as far as like, you know, what issues I really do have or how I'm coming across or what I'm really doing, whether I'm acknowledging things or not. I tend to keep across that. I'm quite insightful when it comes to myself. Um, but up until that point, I feel like, and this is, I would have been maybe in my early twenties at this point, And I really had experienced that, like my experience really was about things happening to me. And I think a lot of that is because I was young. And when you're young, I guess the world does feel like it happens to you. You don't really feel like you have a lot of control. And also I think, an immature way of thinking is that everything is happening to you. And, you know, because the world when you're younger does feel like it revolves around you quite a bit, especially as a moody teenager, you know, (laughs) um, very emotional and, oh my goodness, woe is me uh, and all of that. So I had really felt like that. And with this particular issue, when I started talking about it to my psychologist, yeah, I felt like a victim of this story. It wasn't anybody's fault. Um, but because it was something I believed and that I did, you know, I behaved in this way, uh, that it was happening to me and I felt really, really powerless and I felt really angry, um, and really stuck. And I felt like that about a lot of things at that point in my life, because I hadn't really worked through them with somebody else, uh, like a psychologist to kind of help, you know, really nut them out and be like, "Oh, oh, you know what, like, let's get some fresh perspective on that or whatever else. Anyway. I had this, there was one day that I went and we were talking about subjugation again. And I can't remember the exact situation, but essentially, you know, my psychologist said to me, uh, we were talking about, I guess, motivation and where these beliefs were coming from and why I was behaving in this way. And she essentially suggested that, you know, I was doing this because I didn't want people to be upset Now, this may not sound like a big, you know, earth shattering earthquake happening in, um, you know, as, as a statement or whatever it was, but for me, my entire world just felt like it shook in that one moment, in that little office that I was sitting in. I still remember I used to sit on this little couch and there was a, there was actually a cat, um, who'd sit next to me on the couch and, uh, you know, and I just, I almost felt like, yeah, the earth moved because essentially what my psychologist was saying, and I knew this, it was like I knew it, but I just hadn't really expressed it or talked it out and talked through it before. But essentially, you know, I had to um, realize in that moment, I did realize in that moment that me putting myself last and being uh, pushed to the bottom of the pile, as it were, that's how it felt, you know, that I didn't matter and that um, I needed to take care of everybody else. That was way more important that actually that story was all being created essentially by me. Now, this is not saying it was my fault that I believed that story or I create, I made up this story or anything like, it's not saying that um, this wasn't a real thing for me and that I had fabricated this whole part of my uh, existence. I was like, I, basically what I'm saying is it's not, it wasn't saying it was my fault, but 
it was showing me that it was something that I actually had some control over. And the fact that I was going above and beyond to accommodate everybody else really was about my own feelings of, you know, making sure I felt okay. Um, You know, that I was making sure that, you know, because I didn't like people being upset, um, you know, I was trying to prevent them from being upset so that I didn't have to feel upset because at the end of the day, I was, I guess, trying to, it was like a self-preserving activity. And for me, it was just making sure that I didn't feel uncomfortable and I didn't have to deal with people being upset or need, like, you know, need anything or um, anything like that. Uh, And I had just never had that moment where I realized like that something was coming from me for something that felt so, I guess, like when you are, a subjugating person, a, a type, like a word that is bandied about is being selfless, right? It's all sacrificial and it's selfless because you're so lovely to everybody. You're doing everything for them. And this is not to say that I didn't have good intentions. I think I was, I am still a very hospitable, loving, caring person. I think anybody who knows me would be able to tell you that I really do love helping people if I can. And I love making people feel happy. Um, and I love trying to think about people as individuals, what they really want or need. And I love trying to be caring and gentle and, you know, accommodating in that sense. That's a natural tendency for me. And that was a real thing I would do. I would, I would be very lovely and everything. But when it was to an extreme level where I started to resent that role, it was because I was giving up all this stuff and not getting anything back. And I, to that point, had felt like that was not my fault and it had absolutely nothing to do with me because I was here, I was being so sacrificing and selfless, you know, but then my psychologist kind of pointed out that maybe it's actually more of a, not selfish, but if I say that in more of like the functional sense, but it was a kind of a more of a selfish act than a selfless act, Um, that was just a revelation to me and not in a bad way. It was more just like, oh, wow, this is like, wow. Okay. Hang on, hang on. So essentially what you're saying is that I am trying to control other people's feelings so that I don't, you know, get upset myself. And that is completely true. And especially at that time in my life, I've realized that's exactly what I was doing. And Um, it's probably why it was so frustrating because something that, you know, we all learn, I think, as we grow up is that you cannot control other people. You can't control their emotions, their decisions, their reactions. You might think you can, and you might get away with a little bit of it. It might, you know, you might try and convince somebody not to do something and they don't do it for a little bit longer or something like that. But ultimately it's their decision. It's their decision whether they do it. It's their decision whether they don't. Um, if they seem to be going along with what you're, you're trying to get them to do, it's really just an uh, illusion, I think, that we have any power because we do not have power over other people. It's just that plain and simple, really, uh, not real lasting power. Um, the only person we have full control over uh, in a sense, is ourselves. And we're only responsible for ourselves. Um, Even my little children, who I am responsible for in a sense, 
they still make their own decisions, much to my dismay sometimes. You know, they're still their own people. Uh, they don't have the decision-making capacity that a grown-up would have. But essentially, you know, I can guide them, but I cannot force them. And I cannot force them to be a certain way um, or to think a certain thing. I really can't, even when they are that young and impressionable. Um, at the end of the day, they're still a human being who is an individual. So um, I was realizing that, yeah, I was trying to control things that I couldn't control, um, which was very frustrating, very exhausting. uh, And realizing that it it was something that I was doing um, from a self-motivated kind of perspective. So I was really motivated to keep myself feeling good, I suppose, that was, I'd never, ever thought like that before. Um, and again, like I said, this might not sound like a huge moment to you listening, depending on your story, but for me, it just turned a lot of things upside down. And it was a really exciting and difficult time for me because I had to take responsibility for that. Um, and in the sense of saying, oh, okay, something that's hard in my life is actually something I can change. That's what I mean by responsibility. Like I said, it's not blame. It's just realizing, oh, I can actually change that. And sometimes that is a very freeing, exciting thought. Uh, And in time it was, but to start with, it was very scary because I started to realize that I was my own person. And no matter how much I felt like things happened to me, I also was part of why they kept happening, I suppose, or how they played out in my life. Uh, Again, it wasn't through a conscious effort on my part. I wasn't thinking about myself necessarily in the conscious sense when I was doing these things. Uh, But when it boiled down to it, the true story for me was that, yes, um, for myself, I was doing these things, which meant, uh, you know, those choices I was making I could potentially change those choices and uh, change the way I viewed that whole situation so that maybe if I started to take care of myself a little and accept that other people were going to be upset no matter what I did and that I was safe even if they were upset, those things are the things that started to open doors for me into new parts of my world that felt freer it started to free up my thinking and my perspective and help me to go on to have many more of these type of moments where I accepted uh, things for what they were or I saw them for what they were. And most importantly, I have to date taken responsibility for so many more parts of who I am and how I am Uh, And I'm trying so very hard to uh, be the best person I can be by making different choices now about the things that I can control. Uh, So, yeah, that was one of my aha moments. It was probably really the first one. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, I feel vulnerable telling that story because obviously I'm sharing with you something that happened Um, in my own um, very importantly, you know, private moment. But I think sometimes it is really good to share what happens in therapy. Um, Very uh, 
specific things. Like it, again, sharing everything that happens in therapy is not the point. I don't think that's helpful at all and it's not constructive, but it is really exciting to be able to reflect back um, on that moment so many years ago. And I mean like uh, well over six or seven years ago, maybe this happened and be able to say that it, you know, sparked off so, so many other positive things. And yeah, I'm very grateful. So if you, uh, yeah, if you got something out of that today, that's great. <laughs> um, I feel a little awkward now because I've just talked about something that I've probably never even talked about to, I think, almost anybody else. So there you go. Anyway, I love being real on here and I hope you're appreciating that. Uh, yeah, and have a great week. Uh, be kind to yourself and I'll see you back here uh, when the next episode comes out. Okay, bye. Cool. That was good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that. <laughs>